What's going on, Cyclones fans? Jake Sentinel's back with you for another episode of Inside Cyclones Hockey. Coming off a couple of tough losses against the Milwaukee Power. Those are points that the, the Cyclones really would have loved to have um, if they could have at least uh, taken two out of the four possible points. Uh, probably would have meant big things uh, later on in the season. But uh, alas, it was not meant to be the Milwaukee Power come to Wausau and advance their season record to 3-0-1, uh, I guess, technically, against your Wausau Cyclones. So how did we get there? Well, it was a weekend dominated by Patrick Toomey. Uh, he had a hat trick on Friday night. Uh, Brennan Valencia had two goals on Friday night. Gage Viersba had a goal on Friday night, but the difference maker... The Michael Glozinski goal at uh, with 50 seconds left to go in regulation, forcing overtime, and uh, Patrick Toomey again playing the hero for Milwaukee. But let's run it through a little bit more in depth here. As the Cyclones were playing great, great hockey on Friday, Ryan Burke was in net, and he was showing off his skill, just some incredible stuff, uh, shutting down multiple breakaways, helping his team kill off a second period, which saw five Cyclones penalties. Ryan Burke was very sharp on the night. And the Cyclones uh, would fall uh, one to nothing almost immediately in the first period at the two minute and five second mark of the first period. Patrick Toomey got his first of three on the night. We then went scoreless for 13 minutes until Gage Viersba got the action started for the Cyclones. Moppin looking across, finds Nelson on the back door. Perfection. What puck movement on display there. Capped off by a Gage Viersba backdoor goal, and that's going to tie this game at one. So Nelson to Moppin, Moppin to Viersba, and Viersba stick in the right spot with the right angle, finds the back of the net with an even five minutes to go here in the first period. So a typical Gage Viersba goal, doing incredible things, finding the back of the net. That was his sixth of the season. And the Cyclones would go on to score three straight of uh, the Gage Viersba goal. And the next two belonged to Brennan Valencia uh, at the three-minute mark of the second period and 321 of the third period. Uh, so these two goals by Brennan Valencia had the Cyclones riding high, feeling good. And now this is Randall, goes around one defenseman, got a trailer, and Valencia, can he get it off the backboards? And he does! What an incredible goal! Brennan Valencia, it all started on the far side boards. Gabe Randall made a nice move around one defenseman. A sharp angle shot, caroms off the backboards, and nobody there to cover Brennan Valencia, who had to use, I mean, that was perfect. That was precision, that was touch. The puck at a very, very difficult angle. Valencia coming from one side, the puck coming from the opposite, and Valencia able to contort his his body there and puts one right up under the crossbar. And Valencia wants a second of the night, and he's got it. Set up from beneath the goal line, Brennan Valencia with a two-goal night. Makes this lead three to one in favor of the Cyclones. Two goals tonight and a two goal lead, Brennan Valencia. But the Milwaukee Power 
not ready to give up on things as uh, the Cyclones took a five-minute major that ended up that would end up turning the game on its head, and it allowed for three straight power play goals and ultimately the victory for the Milwaukee Power. So following those two Brennan Valencia goals, it was Patrick Toomey at the 1804 mark, Michael Glosinski at the 1910 mark, which tied the game, and then Patrick Toomey again on a two-on-zero, but ended up being uh, a breakaway of sorts as he carried the puck the entire way and beat Ryan Burke on the blocker side. So it was a tough victory to swallow, excuse me, a tough loss to swallow and a hard-earned victory for Milwaukee on Friday night. So a little bit of a chance to press the reset button on Saturday, and the uh, Milwaukee Power came out, took care of business again against Wausau. The lone goal uh, coming at 16.50 in the first period, that one belonging to Hayden Shoemake on the power play. The rest of the scoring the rest of the night was, would be three straight uh, unanswered goals by the Milwaukee Power, two of them coming on the power play. So you'll hear me talk about this with Brennan Valencia a little bit in our Players Only segment at the end of the episode. But the Cyclones gave up four goals on the weekend, six of them on the power play. The lone five-on-five goal for the power came at 16.38 of the second period on Saturday and who else but Patrick Toomey uh, netting his ninth of the season. Mitch Miskovich would get the start on Saturday. He made 30 saves on 33 shot attempts and uh, should get you that those Ryan Burke save numbers as well. Uh, he made 32 saves on 36 shot attempts. So a combined 65 saves made on the weekend for your Wausau Cyclones goaltender pairing. So it wasn't the result that Cyclones fans had uh, hoped, of course, but it was some good hockey nonetheless, and I think a weekend that the Cyclones can look back on and really build off of, look back and uh, hold on to the anger, hold on to the disappointment that that Friday night defeat um, came with, and uh, really can just lean on that and make sure to not put themselves in that situation again moving forward. Obviously, staying out of the box is going to be a massive massive uh, part of success moving forward. Uh, and it wasn't even that the penalty kill was bad. The penalty kill was actually pretty decent. Uh, just the, the opposing power play got way too many opportunities. So that was the story of the weekend. Uh, six power play goals for Milwaukee, ultimately leading to two victories um, as they can't come up here and take the weekend sweep from the Wausau Cyclones. Looking ahead, we have our first couple of matchups in the I-39 Cup against Oregon as Wausau is on the road for the next two weekends. They take on Oregon uh, for a two-game set on the 28th and 29th, and then they will face Rochester in Minnesota on November 4th and November 5th before returning home to take on Peoria for the first time this season. Of course, uh, you already know that those Peoria games are $2 beer night on Friday, November 11th, and then our Cyclones camo hat giveaway on November 12th. Those November, that November 12th game also going to be the game uh, that you can redeem your free ticket voucher if you show up to our Spooky Skate event, which is happening on October 26th. You're going to hear a lot more about that 
uh, when I talk to Zach Surway here in just a couple of minutes. I want to thank you for being here, being faithful, coming back and listening to Inside Cyclones Hockey week after week. Uh, excited to get to talk to you about some more wins coming up here on the horizon, but still very, very early in the season and a lot of positive stuff going on for the Cyclones. Don't forget to follow the Cyclones across your favorite social media at Wausau Cyclones. I am at Senholes on Sport on Twitter and uh, appreciate you being here as always. Enjoy the World Series. Uh, enjoy whatever else you're up to this coming week. I got Zach Surway on the other side of this break, followed by our players only segment featuring Brennan Valencia, uh, the two goal man this weekend. So we got all of that and more coming up for you right after this. And welcome back to Inside Cyclones Hockey. Joining me now is Director of Business Operations, Zach Surway. And Zach, let's um, let's start off with a little recap uh, as far as Pink the Rink. Obviously, uh, Cyclones weren't able to get it done on the ice, uh, fallen by a final score of 3-1. to one. But the event itself, the money we raised, everything uh, could not have been more successful. Yeah, it was... Uh... A great night for us to help raise funds for the Aspire's Health, Breast Health Assistance Fund, which is going to help um, a lot of people in our community get the access that they need for mammograms. And we're really happy to uh, to raise some awareness for that and obviously raise some funds for, for them as well in doing that Pink the Rank game. So it was cool to see everyone that had bought some pink the rank merchandise uh seeing that pink out in the stands uh on saturday night and then also um of course our guys wearing those pink the rank jerseys which we ended up auctioning them all off uh as well to to benefit uh the cause and then also chuck hook and the 50 50 uh raffle that evening went to the fund as well so we do have a, a total number uh, that was raised for the cause that night, and I'm happy to report uh, we surpassed the total last year by actually quite a bit. We ended up raising $2,510 for the funds, so we're super happy to uh, to donate that back to them and, and help get uh, the need for those services here in our local community. Yeah, and that just, again, shows the power of our uh, community partner program and the other things that we're able to do, raising money for different great causes around the area. Um, but it was cool to see even on the Friday night game. Um, I know there was some high school football going on, playoff football and stuff, so we didn't have quite as large of a crowd as we've had the other three home games. But Saturday, they really filled out the building. And both of those nights, uh, we saw uh, pink jerseys in the crowd from last year as well, those um, fully pink ones this year, they were based more in white last year. They were pretty much fully pink. So they were easy to pick out, uh, in the stands. So it was great to see some returning fans, some returning family members wearing their jerseys from last year, as well as, uh, getting in on the bidding and helping to raise some money this year. So, uh, again, thank you to all of you who either purchased a Jersey or participated in the chuckle puck or just came down to, to support the cause and cheer on the cyclones. Uh, we cannot wait to do it again next year. Um, but the events roll on, and uh, we have something coming up in the middle of the week this week. So 
Um, definitely be on guard. This is a week a weekday op- opportunity for Wausau Cyclones fans and families really to get involved. It's our scary skate. Uh, I know Zach. We are partnering with uh, the Marathon Par- uh, Marathon Parks Department and putting on this scary skate event. Uh, very affordable. It's only three dollars for children, four dollars for adults, but everybody can get a one dollar discount with a donation of a canned food item. And if you don't have skates, don't worry, they'll be available for just a $3 rental, but a pretty uh, cheap, pretty fun opportunity to get the kids out on the ice dressed up in their Halloween costumes. So last week we had a chance for them and the costume contest to get dressed up um, and and participate in between periods. This time we're going to have an opportunity for them to get dressed up, skate around. Um, Maybe they are already good at skating. Maybe this is an opportunity for them to learn how to skate. Uh, whatever your skill level, come on down. We're going to be offering candy. Um, it's going to be lights down low, a little bit of a spooky environment. Just going to be a real great time at the Marathon County Ice Arena. Now, Zach, this is happening from 7 to 9 this Wednesday night, October 26th. And as a little bonus, every kid or the first 100 kids, I should say, that shows up 12 years and under, they're going to get a free voucher to the Cyclones uh, game coming up on November 12th, which also happens to be our camo hat giveaway night. Um, But what more can you tell us about the Scary Skate event and uh, those free tickets for children 12 and under? Yeah, this is an event that's been happening uh, for a number of years with the Parks Department um, and uh, and the Cyclones and the previously uh, the former team here. And it's it's a really cool event to, to see the team interact uh, with all the kids in attendance. Um, certainly the kids in the community look up to our players and it's a, a unique option or opportunity for them to, to get up close to our players and, and have a fun night uh, skating out on the ice. So I know the parks department is going to have all kinds of different uh, decorations throughout the rink. Um, looking forward to, to seeing how that all turns out and, know they've really have went all out in past years for this event uh, as well one other thing i wanted to mention about the scary skate um along with the the vouchers we'll have uh, about two to three guys um that will be at a autograph table inside the main lobby of the ice arena that will be signing some scheduled posters for the kids um, and of course, there'll be candy handed out as well from the park staff and, and some of our staff as well. So looking forward to uh, seeing all the costumes out uh, at this event here this Wednesday. Yeah, and I guess um, you did a great point of of uh, specifying that this is not just um, an opportunity for you and your kids to come out and skate, but it's an interactive opportunity for them to not uh, maybe meet or talk to their favorite Cyclones player again. Uh, something that we're real proud of. Um, at the Cyclones here is the fact that the players do care so much about the community, about the fans. And um, after almost every single game, whether it's a win or a loss, you'll see a whole smattering of players out in the lobby, like I said, interacting with kids, maybe signing autographs, maybe giving out broken sticks, things of that nature. Uh, But this is an opportunity, instead of seeing them after the game in the lobby, you're actually going to get out on the ice skate around with them. Um, and uh, again, if your child is maybe a little bit younger, maybe just learning how to skate, uh, I'm sure our Cyclones players would be more than happy to provide a couple of tips um, as well. So definitely a very, very cool opportunity. And again, very affordable, just $3 for children, $4 for adults. 
but you can take a dollar off with a donation of a canned food item. So we're looking forward to that happening uh, this coming Wednesday, October 26th. Again, event does start at 7 p.m. Uh, I will not be there. I was going to try and, and get there, but I'm actually going to be coaching goalies up in Mosinee uh, that evening. So unfortunately, I will not be able to be there, but a lot of Cyclones players uh, will be. Um, so besides for, for that, uh, we have uh, a couple of weeks off before the Cyclones come back to Wausau. But when they do, uh, it's going to be our... $2 beer night um, uh, presented by Budweiser. That is on November 11th. And then as previously mentioned, November 12th is that camel hat giveaway. Uh, so those of you obviously who get free vouchers for your children, you're probably already planning on going to be planning on coming to that November 12th game. You're going to walk away with the Cyclones camel hat. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be um, getting to be that time of year um, with a uh, deer hunting upcoming, the gun opener that following weekend and, uh, one thing I want to stress about the Camel Hat giveaway is it is for the first 250 fans, um, and the doors will open that evening starting at 6.30 p.m. So I definitely recommend getting in line um, by about 6.15 to uh, 6.25 to make sure that you uh, get your hands on one of those hats that evening. And then one other item I want to mention about the two-hour beer night on the 11th is for that game in the clone zone. Uh, tickets will just be $20 that evening down in the clone zone. Normally um, they are $25. So they'll be dropping down to $20 for that evening since it is a $2 beer night. So it's going to be a fun atmosphere. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing the first $2 beer night uh, down in the, in the clone zone and uh, across the rink. Again, the $2 beer nights don't happen very often. This is just one of two all season long. Um, the next one won't be coming up until February. So definitely want to take advantage of, of this one while we have it upcoming um, later next month. Yeah. And just uh, a quick reminder again, because the clone zone is new this year. Uh, currently being offered on Friday night home games and uh, typically $25, as Zach said, but on this upcoming $2 beer night, just $20 is going to get you your very own 22-ounce Cyclones mug, which you get to take home and keep forever. Uh, and you can fill that mug with complimentary Bush or Bud Light um, be, be from 645 when the doors open until the 10-minute mark of the third period. You're also going to get complimentary snacks. You're going to get a an ice-level uh, seat with a back, so a nice, comfortable uh, seat for you to enjoy the game. So all of that for just $25 typically and just $20 coming up on November 11th. You can buy those tickets ahead of time at WausauCyclones.com. Uh, Zach, we also have something else maybe that new Cyclones fans or new family members uh, may not have heard of. It's our I-39 Cup, which we started last year in kind of our uh, I-39 rivalry with the Oregon Tradesmen and the Cyclones going to get the first opportunity to score some points uh, against the Tradesmen here coming up in Oregon. Now, how this works is these two teams uh, get together eight times a year and there's a possibility of two points available in each one of those games. Obviously, that's totaling 16 points. So whichever team can get to nine points first will become the I-39 Cup champions. Unfortunately, the uh, the uh, trophy was presented to the tradesmen on Wassa's home ice last year. We're going to be looking to change that, although 
Uh, the first four games against the Tradesmen are on the road. The last four are at home. So the Cyclones will have an opportunity um, to clench uh, that I-39 Cup and get to celebrate on home ice this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to hopefully not having to, to give it away to – uh, the tradesmen this year. Uh, I know that the team last year struggled quite a bit um, against Oregon. I want to say we maybe only won two of the the eight matchups uh, versus Oregon. They certainly had a, a little bit of an older team uh, than they do this year. So we'll see how they match up. I know they'll uh, definitely be uh, a highly um, talented team again here this season as well. So um, looking forward to uh, to having the cup. Um, at those games on the home ice, uh, the first game versus Oregon in Wausau will be upcoming um, the weekend of uh, December 29th and 30th. I actually should say that's a Thursday, Friday series uh, there. So hopefully we can uh, can win it on the, the home ice and uh, get it back to where it should be in Marathon County. Yeah, uh, pretty good gaps in between each um uh, each time that the Cyclones play the Tradesmen, uh, there's a, a multiple week gap uh, between the first weekend on the road coming up here on the 28th and the 29th. And then they don't go to Oregon in- again until November 18th, 19th. And then, as you mentioned, they'll play Oregon at home on December 29th and 30th. And then they'll finish up that season series on January 20th and 21st. So a good three to four weeks uh, in between each meeting of these teams, which should build some anticipation. Uh, and and get both teams excited to try and take home this I-39 Cup. But hopefully, ideally, Cyclones would split those four games on the road and then have a realistic chance uh, to clinch the Cup, either, either that Thursday-Friday series or the weekend series on January 20th and 21st. Uh, also, just a little side note that Thursday-Friday series kicks off um, 12 straight home games for, now excuse me, the uh, January 20th series. Um, will kick off 12 straight home games for your Wausau Cyclones. They are at home every single game from January 20th to February 25th. So going to be a great opportunity, lots of opportunity to come see the Cyclones in action once we hit uh, January 20th. Um, So, Zach, I know we're excited about that prospect with Oregon. Uh, We got a few uh, upcoming promotions coming up. Um, but want to talk to you a little bit about the World Series. As you know, uh, we talk actually, you know what, let's talk a little bit about merch first, uh, because we got some really cool merch items available that people maybe if they haven't come down to the Wausau Cyclones games yet, they just haven't had an opportunity to see a couple of my favorite things that we that we have brand new this year are uh, newly designed mini hockey sticks. They are awesome. Uh, they're black all the way through with yellow and white stripes in between. You got the Cyclones logo on the bottom. It says Cyclones hockey all the way across the shaft. Uh, and you can pick one of those up uh, as well as a foam puck. So I know lots of uh, kids, especially if you're away on hockey tournament weekends and stuff like that, uh, love to play mini hockey. And you can uh, set your whole team up with some Wasa Cyclones foam pucks and mini hockey sticks here. Um, I also saw we have some brand new like jogger sweatpants that I'm going to be looking to get my hands on. We got some newly designed jerseys, some still old uh, last year worn game jerseys, uh, lots of stuff available for Cyclones fans. Yeah, um, I mean, shoot, I think I was counting the other day. We have it's upwards of 20 different items, merchandise items available for sale. 
on game nights, which is it's pretty incredible. They actually almost don't fit on the, uh, the iPad screen when uh, we're checking people out. But uh, so plenty of different items to to select for, select by. Um, my favorite item, I would say, that we just got in actually um, this past weekend was our replica jerseys, and those are really really nice. Um, just. $75 and uh obviously it's a replica of the home jersey but it definitely you wouldn't necessarily notice it if you were looking pretty closely the company that we worked with on it did a great job of uh producing those and it looks of definitely some high quality you got to be careful and sometimes on on replica jerseys the quality can be a little bit low but uh, really happy with how those turned out and then the, uh, the second favorite item that I would go with, I'll, I'll copycat, copycat off of you and say the mini six. The mini six turned out really well um, this season, and it's great for the kids to, to hack around, play some knee hockey um, with their with their um, friends or family uh, at home as well. So all kinds of things to choose from. And again, you can check out all those items at all of our home games throughout the course of the season. And they're extremely affordable, too. I was looking at our list of prices, and I believe uh, you can get both the stick and the foam puck for like $9 combined uh, versus if you go to some even higher levels of junior hockey, say over in Green Bay or professional games or whatever, you're probably going to be looking at 15, 20 bucks just for the stick, maybe another 10 for the puck. Uh, we try and make it uh, real affordable for, for our fans and uh, uh, definitely want to see uh, everybody out there enjoying their uh, whatever your choice is uh, for your Cyclones merch. And um, uh, those replica jerseys, I actually picked one off the rack and I was admiring it because they just they look so smooth, look so awesome. And uh, um, as I've mentioned before, I love to wear hockey jerseys out. I'm a big skier. I'm sure a lot of other skiers, snowboarders in the area here. Um, if you're out on the hill, it's a perfect thing to kind of put over your over your jacket or your sweatshirt, whatever you're wearing out there. It kind of breaks the wind for you and you get to represent the Cyclones out on Rip Mountain or wherever you happen to be skiing. So uh, definitely uh, come on down and uh, watch some Cyclones hockey in person and check out all of those uh, merch items that we have a bit available for you. Now let's talk a little World Series because, Zach, our listeners, they you know, they know we like to dabble into sports, uh, other sports besides hockey, just a little bit. We'll probably talk some Stanley Cup here coming up way in the future. We'll be talking uh, NFL playoffs when they roll around. But right now uh, we got baseball and we got a very interesting World Series. It's the Phillies who are just the hottest team in baseball right now. I believe nine and two is their record uh, in the postseason as they had to. Uh, play in the in the wild card series as well as the divisional and the championship series. They're going to be going up against the mighty mighty Houston Astros, uh, who rolled through the playoffs. They're seven and zero undefeated. Now I cannot, I can't decide if I think being undefeated going into Game One of the World Series is a good thing or if it's going to be a bad thing as far as pressure and uh, uh, just learning how to how to respond to a loss. Not that the Astros are are some young, inexperienced team. They've they've uh, obviously had a ton of, of postseason success already with this main group. Um, but who do you got? You got the Phillies or you got the Astros? Kind of my thought process behind this pick is I'm going to go with the Phillies just because it, um, the past couple of World Series champions, the, the Braves and the Nationals, they just went on a, sort of a magic carpet ride to the uh, – 
World Series championship, and it just feels like that's where the Phillies are right now and, and where they're going to be heading. So the Astros are certainly a good team. Um, I think it's going to be a long series, but I'm going to take the Phillies um, in seven games for the championship. The Phillies in seven games. And something that is unique about baseball as well is their format. Um, hockey, basketball, they all do the 2-2-1-1-1 format. Baseball is 2-3-2, which I know a lot of people hate, and they make it very interesting. And it actually, as long as the the lower seed can just steal one of those first two games, they actually then have pretty significant home field advantage. And we saw that um, for the Phillies against the Padres uh, in this last series. They stole one in in San Diego, and then they won three straight at home. They're going to have a chance to do that against Houston as well. But the story of this uh, World Series to me is going to be the Phillies' bats versus the Astros pitching. The Astros, obviously, and their defense as a whole, they obviously shut down uh, New York. Uh, the Yankees pretty pretty uh, convincingly uh, kept the Yankees very, very low scoring, whereas uh, the Phillies have just been scoring at a wild pace uh, throughout the playoffs. Nine runs, eight runs, five runs, ten runs, eight runs. I mean – just wild. So uh, it's going to be no matter who ends up winning, I think it's going to be a very, very entertaining series. But as you alluded to, the key to winning the World Series seems to be kind of be that underdog team. Make your way through uh, the wild card spot, get hot and uh, beat a team that's probably much better than you. And again, like like you said, we saw it uh, with the Braves and the Nationals. So will the Phillies uh, continue that run or will the Astros be able to buck that trend? I think it's going to be a, a nice long series as well. But if the Phillies can't steal one in the first two, it might be tough. What's your pick, Jake? Who are you going with? Let's hear it. You know, I, 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 I think I have to, the, the gambler in me wants to take the Phillies, but I think I have to take the Astros. They're just so good. Um, they, They're so solid and they never really had to, answer to anybody as far as like their cheating allegations from a couple of years ago. Uh, COVID kind of saved them from that. Not having fans kind of saved that them from that. And um, I think they're far enough removed. And I think they got a, a much better pitching staff than the Phillies. So I think it's going to be a close one as well, but I see Houston uh, finding a way to get it done. Uh, I, I like the Phillies because you see a plus sign in front of their name, but I think I'm going to have to go opposite from you and uh, say that the Astros are going to get it get it done for what would that be like their fourth World Series in the last decade or whatever it ends up being. Uh, I'd rather see the Phillies win, but I'm going to go Astros. There you go. Free pick oh. advice. There you go. And oh. on sports. <laughs> right. Well, I guess I don't think the World Series should be over by the time we talk next week, so maybe we'll uh, we'll be able to update kind of our thoughts and, our, and where we stand here. But uh, until then... Uh, everybody enjoy playoff baseball and uh, uh, make sure you catch the Cyclones uh, over on Hockey TV while they're on the road as well. So Zach, thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Go Clones. Go Clones. That is Director of Business Operations for the Wausau Cyclones, Zach Serway. The Wausau Cyclones are proud to partner with Apex Learning Virtual School. They offer more NCAA approved courses than any other virtual school out there. They're an accredited school that has been around since 1997, and they understand the need for flexibility in your class schedule if you're going to train and be able to play the way that you need to in order to play hockey at the next level. Take advantage of that. Players have seen their core GPA go up as much as 23% 
Well, their SAT scores on average are 15% higher than the national average. They know what they are doing. If you are not sure about enrolling full-time just yet, you can give Apex Learning Virtual School a try with just one course. Give them a call at 206-489-1079 and get started today. All right, and welcome back inside Cyclone Taki. Joining me now for this week's Players Only segment, making his first uh, appearance on the podcast. He was on the team last year and uh, scored a couple big goals for us, coming off a two-goal game this last weekend. It is number 17 from Parker, Colorado, Brennan Valencia. Brennan, uh, thanks for – sorry sorry it took you so long to get on the pod here, but thanks for making some time after practice this morning. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm just uh, glad I uh, was able to get some time. Of course, man. I'm excited to talk to you because, like I just mentioned, you were on the team last year, um, played a decent amount of minutes, but a little bit lower on the depth chart. This year, um, it's it's obvious you put in a lot of work across the offseason, uh, so I want to dive into that a little bit for sure. But uh, you're seeing some significant minutes. Uh, you got to start the other night. Um, does it feel a little differently for you this year, uh, knowing that, Hey, you know, you're more up towards the the top of the depth chart and you're going to be seeing some pretty important minutes, uh, participating in the penalty kill power play, things like that. Oh yeah. I mean, it definitely is, um, a little bit different from last year, a little more, a little bit of a different feeling, um, coming into this season, like knowing what I'm getting myself into, like last year is like new to the league, new to the team, um, and like yeah, this year knew all the guys coming back, a um, couple of new faces around. Uh, just kind of knowing what what I'm getting into and what I what I, what I needed to do for this upcoming season. So tell me a little bit about, and then we're gonna dive into your hockey history as well. Get to know a little bit about your background and how you ended up here in Wausau. But just tell me a little bit about kind of your mindset across the off season. You know, what really did you work on specifically, and what was your goal coming into this season? Oh yeah, I mean, I had a bunch of goals. Um, I set a bunch of goals after last year, just knowing, um, knowing, knowing I had to get stronger. Um, on the puck, uh, worked on my speed. I, um, was hitting the gym like four or five times a week, and then on ice probably another four or five times a week. Just, um, trying to get as much time as I could. Um, getting, um, getting to to the next level. I, I knew I needed to get to, and um. Yeah, like hockey history, it's kind of nice um, in Colorado. Like, luckily, I kind of know my way around the place, so I knew, had a lot of uh, contacts being able to find ice and get on whenever I could. Yeah, so you ended up uh, – let's go back to uh, kind of how you started playing hockey. Who really got you into it? And then I see that you uh, participated in the NAPHL, but um, give me a little bit of your timeline. Did you play for, your, like, your local team in Colorado – when did you start playing in the NAP? And then ultimately, how did you get hooked up with uh, Colin and the Cyclones last year? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I think I really got into got into hockey uh, from from my mom. Like, she's from Minnesota. So um, it's a big, big thing out there. So she kind of helped me get into that. I think I started when I was um, about eight or nine um, and just kind of fell in love with it right away. Um, I... I, I always played kind of, I kind of played all over Colorado. Like I'd go, um, I'd kind of, I'd switched up teams when I was younger. And then once I got older, I stuck around. I, uh, I played for Littleton, um, C- CSDHL 
Hawks, and that's where I played uh, NAPHL. Um, I think I started when I was, I think I started up in that league when I was 17, I want to say. And yeah, it was kind of nice just traveling, traveling to Minnesota and um, getting to play a bunch of different teams, competitive teams out there. I met both your parents uh, last year at the showcase in Blaine, and we talked for quite a while. Uh, I like both of them. They're both, uh, they're both really nice people. And uh, they had a lot of nice things to say about me as well. So uh, they definitely uh, got a few extra bonus points there in my book. Um, but obviously, you know, it takes a lot of parental support uh, to play the game of hockey in general. And then to, you know, let your kid travel uh, so many states away and uh, and uh, be willing to help help them pursue their hockey career. Um, so if it was your parents that got into it, when did you get you into it? When did you really decide that, you know, this is something that, uh, you think you're good enough at to, and, and that you love it enough that you want to continue after high school. And then I guess ultimately beyond the NA3, like what's your ultimate goals in the game of hockey? How far are you looking um, to play? Like, is there a certain league you're trying to make it to, or are you just trying to extend your career as long as possible? Um, yeah. So I think when, when I was younger, like I, I don't, I don't exactly remember when, but um, I want to say when I was 15 or 16, I was like, I, I was in Minnesota and I think I was at a showcase or I was at a tournament in Minnesota and it was actually when the uh, um, the NA3 had their their showcase going on at the same time and I was like I was like wow this looks like a lot of fun like these these guys were the guys were moving and and I was like I, I want to play juniors when I get older and so I think ever since then I'd always had my uh, my mind set on it that after high school I would um, try and find a uh, try and find a team or hope a team would find me and that's eventually what happened. Colin found uh, found a few of us at uh, nationals our senior year um, in Green Bay, actually, and got in contact got in contact with us after and um, talked and came out to Colorado. Um, got to meet him, and yeah, he was a great guy and um, said so much about like um, the town and everything and how how great it was. Um, and then yeah, like I. My goal has always been um, that I want to play as long and as competitive as I can. Um, so, like whether that's um, going and trying to make a D three team next year, or um, just um, finding a good ACHA team to go and uh, play for. And the ACHA has really turned into a, a great place for guys to end up. It's a competitive league. Um, I know a handful of years back, you know, some of the division two, II, division three ACHA teams would only hit the ice a couple of times a week. I think that's changed now and it's become more of like um, uh, regular practices and uh, you're traveling all over the place and, and competing in some high level hockey. So um, I, I've gotten to broadcast some ACHA and I really think it's a great place uh, for guys to end up. So um, you definitely uh, uh, have shown growth between last year and this year and a ton more games are uh, going to be under your belt by the end of this year. So I think your career is going to take you as, as far as you uh, want it to go, man. Uh, I'm looking at your stats right now in 41 games last year, you had three assists uh, with a minus 13 plus minus and 14 penalty minutes uh, this year already through nine games, you've got four goals and an assist uh, including a game winning goal. And you've got a plus two uh, plus minus. So pretty drastic. Uh, you've already almost doubled your points from last season, uh, including a game winner. Uh, so that's got to feel pretty good. Was that your first, um, probably not dating back all the way back to like mites or whatever. It's probably not your first two goal game. Um, 
But was that your first one in a while where it's, uh, you know, uh, you're, oh, you're yeah. sniffing that hat trick maybe? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, um, it's definitely been a little, little while. I think since high school year, I hadn't, uh, hadn't had a few, um, multi-goal games, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely felt good to get that, that one back and, uh, have that feeling again. So do you kind of picture yourself as uh maybe like a do it all player? Were you more of an assist guy, more of a goal scorer growing up? Cause again, you know, last year, three assists this year, already four goals and the assist. Uh, what kind of player do you really picture yourself as? Um, so I think like always growing up, I, I was always more of like a playmaker. Like I could always, I would, I always look for the pass first. Um, and then, I don't know what what's gotten into me this year, but <laughs> I've uh, kind of picked up the shoot first. But yeah, I usually look for the pass first, and luckily I've just seen a few open spots this year, and I've gotten uh, a little lucky. Hey, well, uh, it's certainly working for you. If you got four already uh, here this early, I'm sure there's plenty more on the horizon. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, this last weekend against Milwaukee. Obviously, guys, you fought hard, had a pretty disappointing, uh, almost as as disappointing and as painful as a loss can get on Friday, which was your two-goal game. Um, I'm not sure if you're even aware of this, but I'm kind of curious. Um, you guys allowed seven goals on the weekend. Six of them came via the power play. Is that something you guys are conscious of when it's happening? Um, is it something like – is Coach Oystrick like – uh, trying to pound it through your heads like you guys got to stay out of the box or do you guys talk am amongst yourself? Um, because, you know, five on five, you guys pretty much outworked them, outscored them all weekend long, but six goals on the power play is is tough. What do you guys do to try and remedy that? Yeah, I mean, like uh, we were talking in the locker room like before the second game, like we knew that we had to stay out of the box and um, still – still didn't do our best at that but yeah coach o no, knows that um coach o recognized it and realized uh we got to stay out of the box and we got to like work harder and just keep our feet moving instead of being um uh getting our sticks in in the way and like because i think that one really just kind of bit us this weekend i mean milwaukee's a good team but uh yeah i think we uh we, we had them five on five but the uh yeah the power plays and penalty kills kind of kind of messed, messed us up a little bit. Yeah, you outscored them four to one uh, as far as five-on-five five hockey over the weekend. Uh, they're definitely a, a tough team. You guys match up with them well. It makes for competitive games. Obviously, their goaltender played pretty well, but so did yours all weekend long. Uh, it really was just that uh, power plays, those power play goals that kind of made the difference. But talk me through late in the third period on Friday. You guys had – a two-goal lead. Um, all of a sudden, a couple guys go in the box. You give one up. Now it's a three-to-two lead. What's uh, what's the message on the bench there? And then eventually, when you do give up that third, how do you kind of keep the spirits high going into overtime? Obviously, you know things went Milwaukee's way, um, but what's the message there? And what are you guys kind of saying to each other on the bench when all of a sudden you see that lead disappear? And all right, we got to go back at it and try and win this thing in overtime. Yeah, I mean, I know, um, I know when they, when they got that that first one and second one, like emotions got a little high, and um, you just try and tell everyone, um, like we're f fine, try and calm everyone down, not to grip their sticks too much and uh, not to panic or anything. But yeah, it's like everything's in the past. You got to work, um, work on it, and uh, everything, everything happens for a reason, and we we know that we just gotta we just gotta battle hard against them next time. Make sure that doesn't happen again.
Yeah. And I mean, it's a great learning, uh, especially this, this early on in the season, it's a, it's a great time to learn time to like look back. And if you find yourself in that situation later on down the stretch, when maybe the games mean even more, you guys have this experience to lean on and really, um, you know, it was one guy on their team that did a lot of the damage this weekend. So, you know, next time you guys play each other, you shut him down, uh, uh, probably going to end up battling to a, a, a different result here. But kind of was just curious what the message is, um, you know, when you do give up a tough lead like that. But now looking forward, uh, you guys are on the road against Oregon. Now you were on the team last year, so this might mean a little more to you than some of the other guys. But um, the I-39 Cup is going to be up for grabs. Oregon obviously won it on on home ice, uh, uh, Wausau ice, I should say, last year. Does that mean anything to you guys? You guys been talking about that at all? This uh, rivalry you hear with Oregon? Oh yeah, we've been talking about it for uh, for a little while now. The uh, yeah, the I thirty nine Cup is a little rivalry that has gone back for a while, and we're uh, we're excited to to take it on again this year. And Oregon's a good team. Um, I think if we if we play our game and yeah, stay out of the box, I think we uh, we should have a pretty good um, pretty good matchup against them. They're a good team. We're a good team. We'll uh, see who comes out on top. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. Uh, we don't see them at home until I think January and February. We have a couple, a uh, couple of weekend sets with them. But um, you guys have been on the road a lot early on in the season. But ultimately, it's leading up to a 12 game stretch at home between January and February. Uh, you guys, I'm sure looking forward to that. Um, not having to travel at all. Uh, but what's what's kind of your go to when you get on these bus rides? You take these long trips. How do you kind of spend your time on the bus? Are you more of a quiet guy? Are you studying or watching some Netflix or something? Or are you usually more interactive with the team? Or how do, how do those bus rides usually look? Oh, I mean, yeah, those bus rides, they're, uh, they're definitely pretty long, especially when you're going to like either Peoria or St. Louis. Those those ones will t- definitely take up some time. But I'd, I'd probably say I'm more of a uh, quieter guy. I usually throw in the, uh, the headphones and just kind of watch some Netflix, try and find a good movie or um listen to listen to some music or sometimes even take a good nap on the bus that's uh that's usually the go-to sometimes on the uh on the longer bus rides i'll go interact with some guys play some cards in the back luckily i'm i'm closer to the back so i'll hop in on some cards see if i can win anything get lucky sure the uh the all-important uh bus nap you know it's if you're basically going anywhere that's uh longer than like an hour away you gotta get in a nap at least i always thought so Oh yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely a must. You got to at least try. What's your favorite card game to play? You you boys do a little gambling back there. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we usually like to play a little blackjack back there. So beautiful. We uh, we we throw some we throw some big uh, some big cash out and try and see who comes up comes out on top. I love it. Love I like it. to consider myself a pretty good player, but if you ask anyone else on the team, they might not say so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, I used to ask. Uh, uh, who's the best cell player on the team? And I always got different answers. Uh, back uh, when we were doing it for the Riverwolves, we used to interview two players at a time, and that kind of would spark some uh, arguments uh, live on the podcast as well. So that was always uh, uh, pretty entertaining. But uh, do you fancy yourself a pretty good cell player as well? I mean, I don't want to brag or anything, but last year I went undefeated. So we'll have to see about this year. <laughs> That's pretty legit because I imagine you guys play that game quite a bit. Oh yeah, guys would come set with the with the long bus rides. They bring their monitors and uh, consoles and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, I only got uh, one or two more questions for you here. I happened to see your guys' practice a little bit today. 
um, because I was talking to the news about the spooky skate tomorrow night. Uh, I noticed the battle drills. I'd never seen you guys do that before. Uh, Pretty cool little concept and definitely fun to watch. Uh, Is there one guy that you like to to go to battle with uh, more so than others, or who are your favorites to kind of take on in those one-on-one drills? Uh, I mean, for one-on-ones, it's uh, it's usually pretty fun going against – any of the guys in the um in the apartment I'm living in with uh like I like to go against like Blake Neal, Zach Maupin, Gage Veers, but like it's kind of fun like uh going against the guys you live with. So then you get back and you're like, oh, that was a good battle today. But um sometimes sometimes it's fun going against uh um some of the uh some of the new guys because they they like to get a little, a little chippy out there. But it's it's usually pretty fun doing the one on ones just as long as everyone's working hard and. Uh, um making sure you're pushing each other and yourself for sure well um you know i kind of already asked you your career goals your career aspirations in hockey but uh at the end of this season do you have a certain number in mind as far as points or are you do you have more team goals in mind like hey we'd love to win you know a playoff series or what would really make you happy and feel accomplished um is this your last year in the na3 or do you have one more yet yeah, this this will be my last year. It's a uh, it's it's starting to sink in that yeah, this is my last year playing. But um, yeah, goals like goals. I was hoping to at least get in the uh, in the double digit range for points. Um, team goals, um, team goals get a get a series win and or at least at least make it to the uh, make it to the Fraser. Yeah, that would be uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, that would be that would be huge. Well. I uh, wish you the best of luck the rest of this season. I think uh, double-digit points is well within the realm of possibility. You're already halfway there. Um, and I'm excited to continue to see you to see you grow, man. I really uh, have seen, like, leaps and bounds of, of growth in your game and uh, even just the aggression, the confidence you're playing with. Uh, I love to see it. So uh, congrats on uh, the progress you've already made. Keep working hard. And uh, I'm sure, you know, with all the connections, uh, the people that you meet along the way, now Colin is up in division three, there's going to be a spot for you on a roster somewhere uh, following this season. Yeah. We're, ex- we're excited for this uh, upcoming season. Um, God's got a plan for me and this team. And we know that, uh, um, that it'll all, it'll all be good. Perfect. Well, enjoy the scare, the spooky skate. Uh, tomorrow and uh, we'll see you around the rink in a couple weeks. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. That is number 17, Brennan Valencia. Don't miss a minute of Cyclones action this season. You can catch every game home or away live or on demand over at hockeytv.com.